Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Friday, May 7th edition of the Basement Academy. Here we enter into a gymnasium of the soul. Pray that these uh, few minutes together uh, will find you strengthened in heart, in mind, in soul, that you would grow in faith and hope and love, that somehow uh, a few minutes and a few words and a few thoughts from a pastor, a brother, and friend in Christ would be encouraging to you. Our morning psalm, yes, is one of my favorites. Psalm 127, once again, one of the pilgrim psalms. It's short and very sweet. It's a song, it's a, it's a psalm of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Psalm 127. Just five verses. It's a psalm of Solomon, is what it indicates. The one who built the house of the Lord, the temple. That word house does double duty. It's the physical structure, but it also is the household. And so the house of David it is not so much his residence, <laughs> the, the royal palace, as it is the descendants of David, the family of David. And I think, and think we're to take this in both senses. Unless the Lord builds the physical structure, and so Solomon uh, and the workmen uh, that Solomon assembled built the house of the Lord. But it was really God's effort, God's work. And we went through this a few years ago at Greenwich. We Ask the Lord to build that new sanctuary, but he did it through people. But we're more interested in the, the house of faith, the household of faith. And so David's house uh, down to Solomon and through Solomon, God promised that David would always have a descendant upon the throne. We come to understand that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that promise to David made centuries earlier. And we ask God to continue to build our house, to watch over the city. The city can kind of do double duty also. It's the physical gathering, the physical um, buildings and, and, and structures and people who live there, but it's really the city is a community, right? City's not the physical structures, it's the people who live there. And so, and so may God watch over our city, watch over our homes, our families, our community, our church, etc. And then there's this language of the blessing of God in the family. Sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from them. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. And so, uh, call to mind of blessed memory, Jason Yates and his three arrows, those three young men, <clears throat> as they walk through this uh, challenging season, as they're in the house of mourning as well. And so, we remember Joy and 
her family as uh, I continue to reflect upon our house of mourning, uh, praying God's blessing upon my two arrows <laughs> and my rose. And so talk about our two sons and our daughter uh, praying for God's, God's favor uh, through difficult times. Uh, thank you for your attention uh, this week as I've had occasion to reflect out. This has been helpful for me uh, to be able to think out loud uh, some notes from the house of mourning, reflecting on that, that passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 7. I just want to kind of wrap up kind of some random thoughts that I, I think I'm still developing and still working with. Again, everything's so tender and fresh in these uh, early days uh, after mom's, uh, my mother's uh, death. Uh, the first thought, just kind of uh, teasing, uh, kind of teasing out or playing with a little bit. So I've gone through the uh, a number of the the plastic bins right the the boxes have been talking about those uh, these treasures have have come across uh, family bibles or dad's bible or mom's bible and so there are you know underlined passages there's bulletins from greenwich and other churches uh you know where they've been uh, things that were meaningful to each of them stuffed into any number of bibles and so it's great to see them with a lot of Bibles. Oh, that our children and grandchildren would love the Word of God as our generation and our parents have. Um, what has struck me, both my mother and father were raised in the church. Uh, they had godly parents and we're thankful for that, that legacy of faith. Uh, they each expressed faith young uh, and stayed with the church. And that's significant. And, and so what has a occurred to me, uh, you know, thinking back over now the completion of a generation, uh, my mother and father, the, the issue is not perfection. My, my parents were far from perfect. We are far from perfect, right? <laughs> no, no Christian is. But we sometimes get ourselves wrapped around this notion that, Christ, you know, we want to progress in our faith, hope, and love. We want to be people of character. We, we want to put sin aside. But alas, as we go throughout life, we're all funny. We're all quirky. We all have habits and patterns of our lives. The way uh, life sets into us and the way uh, sin sets into us, uh, we have a hard time setting aside uh, things. And so the, the Christian life is not about perfection. It is about perseverance. It is about pressing on. It is about persistence and kind of a dogged faith. Uh, each of us has shortcomings. Each, each of us have flaws, character flaws, that are well known to our families, right? That <laughs> They're most well known to our families. That's why families are often a a mixture of blessing and burden because the faith that we profess, the Jesus that we proclaim, the scriptures that we hold dear are not often lived out as well as we would wish in our closest circles. Uh, we fly off the handle. Uh, we hold little grudges. We, we notice each other's quirks and character flaws. And so what I what I have been impressed by in such a beautiful and wonderful way is both with my father and mother, 
uh, with the beautiful, wonderful people that they are, the, the blessedness uh, of their godly character, yet also with their own flaws and, and faults that they would so readily acknowledge. Um, they pressed on. They persevered. They were, <clears throat> excuse me, they were faithful to the end. They were involved at church as long as they could be. Um, and uh, they were reading the scriptures. They were acknowledging faith. They were saying their prayers. They were singing. Both my mother and father, <clears throat> dad's death, for those who may not know, came suddenly. Uh, he he uh, got a cold, contracted pneumonia, and within days he was dead. <clears throat> it was shocking to us uh, from Christmas Day to December 30th, you know, five, six days, boom, just like that. So his death was sudden, but he loved to sing and he loved the Gaither, uh, the Gaither uh, music ministry, Bill Gaither. And also, you know, he would watch videos, he would listen to it. He was hard of hearing, and so I'd go into the house and the Gaithers would be blasting and my mom, poor mom, would kind of be rolling her eyes at how loud it was. But that was so sweet. And dad had selected some songs that he wanted sung at his funeral. Victory in Jesus. <clears throat> uh, what, a, what a joy it was to, to, to sing that uh, at his funeral. And, and so song was so precious to my father, singing his faith. And then my mother, <clears throat> um, we, we had these head, kind of a headphone arrangement with her so she could hear the television, the shows that she was watching. And then we, uh, for the last several months, we realized she could, she could, we could also turn, turn on music uh, through, the, through the television. And, you know, we set upon the Christian hymn station, both some contemporary as well as some classical. And she would just sit there with her headphones on and her eyes closed and she would kind of wave her hand and she would be singing along. And it was so sweet. And of course, we could, you know, we could hear what was playing also. And so we would be, as we were tucking her in at night, she'd be singing, we'd be singing. And uh, those are going to be precious, precious memories for us. And so the Christian life is not about perfection. We strive, let, let, let's lean in, let us become uh, mature in faith. We seek to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we want to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. So I don't wanna say let's not worry about spiritual growth, but let's not fool ourselves about thinking that perfection can come this side of, uh, this side of heaven. And so it's about plodding, it's about pressing on. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. And I used to, we, we do talk in our family, that is Don and Krista and our kids, we talk about finishing strong, you know, uh, you know so with our kids, uh, in, in their schooling, uh, in the various uh, endeavors that they have engaged in uh, as the end of the season and the end of the semester comes near, we would always talk about finishing strong. So, so don't just kind of give up as the, the, the finish line's in sight. But there's something just about finishing, right? <laughs> Just finishing. And so I, I've, I've told, I've said this before, I want to finish in relationship with my God, with my wife, with my children. I just want to stay in relationship. I want to stay in the game. 
because I know as time goes on, you know, strength, uh, physical strength, uh, emotional strength, intellectual strength, often they ebb, they, 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 they fade. <clears throat> and so uh, just so thankful uh, for the, uh, the, the roots of faith, the foundation of faith that my parents have offered. They stayed at it. Um, they, they kept notes, they kept booklets, uh, religious books, seminars that they attended over time. I'm so blessed to, to pick those up and to see, you know, when I was not living near my parents, which was, you know, for much of my adult life, these last nearly 20 years they've lived here. But I didn't know, you know, what, what they were keeping necessarily, and they were, you know, storing away in various files. And so, let me just encourage you, press on. Just keep pressing on in faith. Keep reading your Bible. If you've not read your Bible much, well, let's start today. Uh, pick up the scriptures and read. Uh, engage these Psalms, the daily Psalms, the reading of the Psalms. You will not regret it. It'll be such a blessing. It is the way that God builds the house, right? He builds our lives and strengthens our lives. And we set an example of faith, hope, and love for our children and for the generations that follow us. So that's that's one thought. In the house of mourning, going through these materials, I'm so glad uh, to see uh, this legacy of faith that my parents have that, that uh, is now by his grace abiding in me. Secondly, um, it's this notion, um, just been struck, just gonna read a one, one proverb, Proverbs uh, chapter 14, verse 10. I can get that here. Proverbs 14, each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can share its joy. Each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can share its joy. I, I think, I mean, the, the proverb kind of sounds kind of funny. It's like, you know, we're all our own person. Well, we are. And that which is meaningful and brings joy to one person may not to another. And so one person likes one kind of food or one kind of music or cheers for one team and is overjoyed at one, 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 in one direction. And, and another person is like, huh, okay, well, I'm not so much into sushi, so I'm glad you enjoy that. But, but I don't, you know, so no one else can share his joy. There, there's things that, that, that gladden our hearts that others may not understand. And I'm sure we've all experienced that. You know, we're, we're moved to tears by a song, by a movie, by a book or, or something. And others are like, okay, well, that didn't do anything for me. And so we just have to live with that, right? That sometimes there's a, 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 a I don't know, uniqueness or solitariness in, in our joy. But so, is, so it is with grief. Each heart knows its own bitterness. There are things that, that pain us, pain us, that wound us, um, that um, discourage us, that others are not pained or, or wounded by. And so there's this, this notion that everybody reacts differently to, to grief, to loss. And so in our own family, you know, just in these two short weeks, uh, the different family members as we've been in, you know, stayed in touch with, each of us are reacting similarly, but differently, right? And uh, every, my two brothers and myself, and then our kids, you know, had a, each of us had a unique 
relationship. You know, it's a shared relationship. We're all in relationship with Jackie, Mom, uh, Grammy, or Ho-Ho, or Gigi. Uh, so a lot of different ways that we knew this person. But each of our relationship was unique. And, and there's a goodness to that, right? And, and so our, our, our grief is, is um, unique in, in some ways. And so every heart grieves a little differently. Every heart grieves a little differently. And, and so um, there's something about honoring one another uh, in grief. And I'm so thankful for the, for the sweet messages of, of, of care and condolence that, that I have been receiving, we have been receiving, uh, my wife and I, through cards, calls, text, Facebook posts, etc., we're so thankful for these gentle uh, and, and comforting words. Uh, we, we pray that others in our family are, you know, we're uniquely situated as pastor in a pastoral family. So we have a lot of relationships uh, within the church family. And not everybody in our extended family is in a church family. And so they wouldn't obviously be having this extended expression of support. And so others may be walking uh, the journey in a more solitary uh, or, or, you know, um, a less, less uh, surrounded way. I'm not sure how to say that. Um, the thing I've noted in my own heart, kind of the sadness of my own heart, there, there's, and in conversation with some of the family members, regret sneaks in to grief. So there's a loss, and it's the loss of the future. It's the loss of future conversations, future celebrations that 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 we don't get to have. Uh, so my uh, mother or father will never see any of my children uh, married. They will not see, you know. So my grandchildren, should God grant grandchildren, they will never have that opportunity. Other family members have had that opportunity, right? <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, so so it's just a reality, you know. My I've got uh, nieces and nephews that have been married that my parents were at, and so that the joy of of that will not be ours. But there's also so there's the loss of future celebration, future opportunities, and future relationship. But there's also regret. You know, uh, we didn't visit as often. We didn't call as often. Um, my, my mom lived with us for the last three years and there's feels like there's conversations we didn't have. You know, I've been, ah, oh, you know, I probably should have tried to get her out of the bed and into the wheelchair and out into the car. You know, we did some driving around and we'd drive out west and go, you know, for a, basically some country, country drives. And, and it was so, she was such a joy to her. Well, I could have done that more. And, and so my guess is, part of the sting in grief, the pain of grief, is regret. That we, we always thought that person was going to be there, and so we could always make that phone call. We could send that letter. We could make that visit. Uh, we could get in the car and, 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 and go driving around. And that's something we're just have, I just have to wrestle with, right? I think that's something that's in grief, um, that, that we wrestle with. And this is why we, we're so thankful for God's grace. 
because each of us are living our lives. Each of us are doing the best we can. Um, you know, my wife and I have talked about this, uh, even with mom living here. You know, we, we didn't spend every waking moment with her, right? There were moments we pursued our own interests. I went golfing or, you know, Chris and I would sit and play a game in another room and mom would be in her room watching a television show and, you know, <clears throat> and that's just life, right? That's just life. So, so kind of wrestling through um, uh, regret in, in that way. And that's part of the bitterness of each heart. Each heart knows its own bitterness. Each, each heart wrestles with its own, what's, how do I say it? You know, every one of the family members, you know, has that, gee, I could have said more, done more, <clears throat> but it's unique to that person. And so, you know, part of what we're trying to do, what we want to do, uh, Krista and I, is communicate to the family what a great way we cared for mom along the way and for my dad. You know, he died eight years ago, but what a great way we as a family did support them, did care for them, did love them. Let, let's focus on what we did do, not on what we could have done but didn't do. Uh, that's, a, that's a losing game. <clears throat> and so uh, by his grace, you know, we are, uh, we're, I think we're, we're on the kind of right side of that struggle with regret and, and disappointment. Um, a couple days ago, when I was going through uh, one of the boxes, came across a little notebook, pro probably just a little smaller than this, that was bound with a, a, a little rubber band. And it turns out it was just a blank notebook uh, that had a quote from um, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, love never fails. And then you could just you know, write notes. And so my mom had written down lots of quotes. You know, Winston Churchill said this and, you know, just just little one-liners and the very last note that she put there. And I'm, I suspect she thought I or we might do this someday. Say your eulogies now. Don't wait for the funeral. Wow. That's the last little quote that she put in this. So I can't wait to share this with the family when we gather next week. Say your eulogies now. Don't wait for the funeral. So, so speak to people that good word. Eulogy, you, the, the prefix you means good. Logos is, is word. The good word. Eulogy is a good word. You speak a good word over a person at their funeral, right? That's what we're going to eulogize mom next week. Say your eulogies now. And so say the things you want to say, you need to say, you should say to your loved ones family members, friends, others. Tell them you love them, bless them. You know, I love this about you. So we did that with mom. Unbeknownst to us that she'd written this we, back in March, knowing that this day was coming and, and not sure how swiftly it would come. We, we had a Zoom call with mom and we spoke words of blessing. Each of us shared. So this was the three sons, our kids, and then some of the grandchildren have children. So some great grands who were old enough to share some memories with Grammy or Gigi. And it was so beautiful. So about an hour and a half, we each told a, a favorite memory. And, a, and a, I'm so thankful that mom taught me and that, or Grammy taught me. And really sweet. We, t we said the eulogies before the funeral. And, and I think we're greatly comforted as a family because of that. So as 
you know, as you uh, find a season of, of, of grief coming upon you, know that there's a uniqueness. Each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can share its joy. So as we're kind of working it through, uh, let's pray for each other and support each other in that way. Finally, I just, I've been struck how grateful I am. Gratitude has just sprung up out of my life. I think I'm that kind of person anyway. I hope I am. But realizing there's something about the soil of grief that gives rise such opportunity for gratitude. <clears throat> gratitude grows in the soil of grief. Um, it, it It's a painful reality. And so... Um, It's, it's gratitude when, when a life is taken from you. It, it's painful. There's loss. There's bitterness, right? We just talked about that. But it's gratitude for this person, this life, these shared experiences, these lessons, these little treasures in a box, <laughs> this vaporizer that, you know, the aromatic vaporizer that represents, you know, a mother's care and love for her children. Gratitude for the lessons uh, taught uh, for the way in which this person has shaped my life. And, and that's what's emerging. Um, this, yeah, I'll say it that way. Gratitude for uh, my mother and father is emerging. I, I think I've always been grateful, but, you know, along the way, everyone's got a mother and father and, you know, there's always a complicated relationship that, well, I'll say there's usually a complicated relationship that we have with our parents where we learn to stand on our own feet, be our own own person um, over time. But I'm thankful they took me to church. I'm thankful they taught me to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I realized I was destined to pray the Psalms. <laughs> my mother taught me, now I lay me down to sleep. And we said, I said that either with her or on my own. It just took. And I think I was always oriented towards praying set prayers. So I, I, I thank my mother for that. But I'm thankful for the way that, they, they, that my mom and dad both have forgiven and supported and encouraged me. I graduated with a degree in systems engineering from University of Virginia. But as I started to interview with um, engineering firms, I, I kind of walked away going, I realize I'm lying to these people. I do not want to be an engineer. I think I want to help people know Jesus because I had had such a profound experience uh, in college. And so they stood by me, they supported me, even though they had invested in my education, mom and dad paid for my education. <clears throat> they encouraged that sense of call. And, and other parents may not have done that. Son, you, we paid for your school and you're going to go make a pile of money as an engineer and that's what you're going to do. Get involved in your church, but don't throw your, your, your education away by going in this other direction. They were like, all right, what do we got to do? What's next? You know, and so they were so, so very supportive and I'm thankful for that. Um, gratitude has emerged for our family, my two brothers, uh, whom I, I love and you know, have I'm the youngest of three, so uh, just love this relationship. Uh, they've taught me so much over the years, and so appreciate them. Uh, nieces and nephews, um, their kids, my own children, my own wife. I cannot thank my wife enough. All that she has done in caring for my mother, Woo. Uh, so 
so powerfully. Um, so I, I, I praised her the other day, you know, many, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Um, and so, so grateful for our family, looking forward to our gathering next week. And, and there's always complicated relationships and families. I know that and ours is no different, but, but there's a deep abiding gratitude, uh, and, and thankfulness, uh, to be in relationship with all of my family members. And then so grateful for the church family just to be able to receive um, cards and calls, visits. You know, folks have knocked on the door and dropped off um, sweet expressions of, of love and support uh, for our family. I cannot imagine walking this road alone. And my heart just hurts when I think that I have family members who don't have a church family like Greenwich. And my heart hurts for others in the world and in our community that, walk through a season like this without the love and support of the the Christian family. But ultimately, it's a gratitude, all of this gratitude in the midst of the grief, um, gratitude to God for his invisible hand that has ordered and ordained this family, this this woman, this man to, to meet in Annapolis and to marry and the life that they lived and the home that they built and the family that they had of which I'm a part and God behind all of that, this invisible sovereign hand shaping. And, and so I want to close with a reading that I think is familiar, um, but we only usually know one little verse from it. It's from Lamentations chapter three. And it's in the context of, of the destruction of the temple, a, a, a horrific time in the life of Israel, God's people, they were taken off in captivity. And so in Lamentations chapter 3, beginning verse 22, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions or mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. For men are not cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. What a great great passage. His mercies, his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And so uh, let me just sign off here. Thankful for your attention. Pray that somehow in my reflection on our my own grief, my own walking and living in the house of mourning may be of some help and strength to you. And, and in a time of loss and sorrow that you encounter, Let's be in conversation and, and share together. But let's, uh, uh, let's close our time now with prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercies, which are new every morning, even this morning. Great is your faithfulness. And to be our strength, our hope, our foundation in times of loss and in times of joy in the valley and in the mountaintop. And so may your blessing rest upon each of our homes as we walk through this life and as we have occasion to encounter 
uh, and live in the house of mourning. May we grow in wisdom, in faith, in hope, and in love. For we make our prayer in the name of Jesus, who died and rose again, that we might have an everlasting hope. And we pray as he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the faithful God, who is faithful in every season, may he watch over you, bless you, strengthen you, and build your house now and forevermore. Amen.